Welcome to Budo, the Way of the Warrior podcast. This podcast is a collection of historical and philosophical references, contemplations, lectures, and exchanges with David M. Valadez, his students, and guests. Podcasts are recorded on the mat at the Ascension Center in Southern California and in studio. These podcasts are provided to cultivate the warrior on the way and to add light to their path. Okay. Um, we make a big deal here in the dojo about modern Aikido. Okay. Um, we make a big deal about the epistemic rift between pre-modern culture and modern culture. Okay. Hence, there is a pre-modern Aikido. The founder's Aikido was a pre-modern Aikido. And we've mentioned it many times through many podcast episodes. So we have newer members here. So an epistemic rift is that at a certain point in history, people thought a particular way. And at a later point in history, people no longer thought that particular way. I'm not talking about what they thought. I'm talking about how they thought, okay? Of course, what they thought was different, but the rift is identifying how they thought, how they were thinking, okay? It was different. And for simplicity's sake, we call the modern... Uh, the modern episteme, we just will call it scientific, and then the pre-modern episteme, we call it concentric. Okay. Um, all this ties into how we break down our uh, soteriology in the dojo, how we understand our theory of awakening or theory of enlightenment, how we go from an unpurified state or an unawakened state to a pure state, purified state, or an awakened state. What is our means of salvation, so to speak, okay? For example, the scientific epistemy is a dominance of what we call the ego tripartite. Human beings have always had and always made use of the ego tripartite. Modernity is marked by the domination of that mind aspect. Okay? Our culture, our society, our production of truth, how we think is done through the ego tripartite. The scientific episteme is based in dichotomy and the, the sequence and the linearity of time, the cause and effect, etc. The second mind aspect or the cessation of the ego tripartite has no validity in modernity. We, we don't we, we not only doubt its existence, for those of us who don't doubt its existence, we no longer know how to tap into it. It has been, for all intents and purposes, K 
castrated from our beingness. It, of course, is still there. And pre-modern culture, pre-modern human beings did not do, did not have that second mind aspect taken out. There was always an integration between the first mind aspect, your ego tripartite, and your second mind aspect. And the founder's Aikido is based in that. There is no Aikido then that does not partake in the founder's understanding of the art. So a pre-modern Aikido is a true Aikido, and a true Aikido integrates the ego tripartite with the second mind aspect. They, they go together. Culturally, or historically, as I said, modernity can be separate from the pre-modern era by this separation, this dissection, and this castration of the second mind aspect. Okay. Likewise, we, we moderns like to think that the difference between the pre-modern era and the modern era is some sort of battle between science and religion. But this is not true because modern religion has followed suit and has taken out access to an integration of the second mind aspect. You go to church or you go to temple and you're just there doing academic things. Likewise, practices like Aikido have been secularized, but what does that actually mean? It means that while it has a actual practice to it, uh, a practice that is a kind of map of uh, Taoist yin-yang theory, for example, or Shinto cosmology, the second mind aspect has been taken out of it. It's still gone. So here you have a secular practice, like modern Aikido, and you have modern religion, and they are actually the same thing because the second mind aspect has been taken out. Okay? And then in terms of Aikido... That is not Aikido. In terms of Christianity, that is not Christianity. It's some new modern thing. Okay. Well, here you are, you're a modern person, and in order to understand Aikido, in a way, not only do you have this kind of cultural traveling you have to do, like you have to go and understand Japanese culture, so that you understand its pedagogy, its methodology, you know, what is, what is a Confucian hierarchy and things like that. But you also have to go back in time. And when you go back in time to understand the art as it's truly meant to be, we mean you have to cross back over that epistemic rift. You have to understand the art through the, a concentric epistemology, okay? Why is that come up? Well, for example, we were doing rolling in the last class, and I mentioned to you that it's very common nowadays for people that do uh, that specialize in ground fighting and jujitsu that specializes in newaza. It's very common to have a game or a dilemma where you 
will work with what constitutes a probability, what most people do in those situations, and then you develop a series of traps where they go from one trap to another trap as they manifest the probability. And as I told you, a probability is only possible in the face of a finite, in the finiteness, okay? So where does the finiteness come? Well, there's rules. There's no punching, there's no weapons, there's weight categories and things like that. And so you can develop a game or a dilemma in the face of this finiteness. When you allow for anything to happen, you're dealing with infinity, you cannot develop a probability and you cannot develop a game. So what pre-modern martial artists used to do was tap into the second mind aspect, you see, because it's only the second mind aspect can abide in infinity and be fine, not be lost, not be terrified. It's perfectly fine where it is. The ego tripartite, on the other hand, seeks finiteness, works through dichotomy, and tries to gain a sense of what is probable and then an attempt to control for probability. So modern jiu-jitsu is modern jiu-jitsu. It doesn't work through the second mind aspect. It doesn't teach you about the second mind aspect. But Aikido and the founders Aikido has to have access to the second mind aspect because you want an art that functions in the face of infinity. You actually want to be abide in that infinity. Do you see? But you are a modern and you're on this side of the epistemic rift. And it's very difficult. When you come to learn this art, you're thinking a particular way. What way? A modern way. You have to, as part of your training, learn how to think concentrically, okay? As you have to learn, therefore, how to tap into your second mind aspect. So, as this next question was brought up, is you have your children in here, and you want your children to learn the art, something positive, some goal, do you see that? And you're going to try to achieve that goal like a modern would. You're going to try to achieve it by the functioning of the ego tripartite. So you'll have them goal-oriented. Um, you'll develop a, a beginning, middle, and end, some sort of linearity by which you can mark progress, do you see? In, in essence, you're trying to draw a map, a finite map in the face of infinity. What you want to do instead is just follow the rules. Not to get anywhere. The rules are the rules. The rules are uh, we have to do courtesy protocols. So you either do the courtesy protocol for your children or they do the courtesy protocol. Do you see? But when we're going back and forth, what are we teaching them? What are we teaching them? Right? Are we teaching them the responsibility for their own training? Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. Do you see? I think that's the lesson that's coming through. And I think what you want to do is, I know the CP has to be followed, but let's follow it one way. Okay? Not, not 
any old way. Okay. It would be it would be nice, but not necessary if they could follow it on their own. I think Maya was sending CPs as a young child, right? Ishida too. I don't think I ever got a CP from your parents, right? Um, so it's doable, but the going back and forth is like how we do school, right? Do you know what I mean? What is the CP about? Well, the CP is about reflecting upon your own lack of attendance or your own lack of commitment. If it is illness, it is reflecting upon your own deviation from the four disciplines, do you see? But if the lesson cannot be understood, then there's really no point. So we don't go, you do it, you're a grown-up. You know, they're not grown-ups, do you see? It would be more important that I address the four disciplines in the child if their absences are more illness-related than if they, get a, if they do the CP, but they're not doing the four disciplines. Does that make sense? Okay. So that's where I would put things, and that requires you to not look like a modern where you go, you're old enough, act like you're old enough, take responsibility. But whoa, what is that? What does that mean? What the hell does that mean? Do you see? How, how does that get me closer to abiding in infinity? Do you, do you get it? That doesn't, but that sounds pretty cool. You know, as a modern adult, my child is responsible. Like, what the hell? Ooh, we're talking about responsible for tapping into the second mind aspect. And, and, that, and sending your courtesy protocols is not going to do it. Not, not in and of itself, do you see? But learning how to live through the four disciplines, that's going to get you closer to the ballpark, okay? And I would rather that you do that than feel sa any satisfaction, any satisfaction at all, than my child is responsible because they send their own courtesy protocols. Do, do, I would rather that your satisfaction should be that my children are doing the four disciplines. D does that make sense? Okay. And then as they can, um, you, you, you can then go, okay, now you have to develop your own relationship uh, at this level now with your teacher. Right now your level of relationship with your teacher is here because this is what you can do. That's what we do for everyone. Do you understand? It doesn't matter how long you've been here. Everybody's relationship with me is at their level. It's not where I would want it to be. It's not necessarily where it should be, but it is where it needs to be because that's at their level. Do you see? So like, for example, as we're doing the Nebwaza, what could I do? I could put all my weight on you, do you see? But that is not where you need to be, do you see? So I don't put the weight on you, okay? Because that's where you are, do you see? So as a person's ability to have a deeper and more fuller relationship with the teacher, that is when you can start 
putting things on, okay? And then, so maybe you want to prioritize which things do we need as a foundation? Well, we already know that answer. Anything that's done at the surface level is not foundational, okay? So to send CPs but not follow the four disciplines, ooh, that's the wrong, that's a modern way of doing things, do you see? In the pre-modern way, because of the, because of the concentric, meaning this over here is exactly that over there, do you see? then you can't send CPs when you're not following the teacher's prescriptions in the four disciplines. It's like, you're, now we're just doing it to lie to ourselves that we're good students. Do you understand? So you can ask, which one is more foundational to establishing proximity with my teacher, the four disciplines or the courtesy protocol? Obviously, the four disciplines. Okay, so let's work on the foundational things first, right? And then don't worry about those other things. Like, for example, the deshi that are totally following the four disciplines, like, I don't, I, I really don't know what they're doing half the time because I'm not concerned with if they show up or they don't show up. Do you know what I mean? Okay, because they're, even when they're not here, they're here. Do you, even when they're not in the dojo, they're by me. Do you see? But there's people in the dojo, they're not really here. They're not really by me. They just walked in the door. Okay, so let's, let's actually have a truly a concentric relationship with our teacher and not something that can be done superficially. Now, why is superficiality a modern thing? Because there's a distance possible between A and B, such that A is always different from B. If I need, I need a difference between A and B, hence I can have cause and effect. In a pre-modern epistemology, in a concentric epistemology, A is B. Do you get it? So you can't have cause and effect. So it's just a continual uh, repeating of a particular pattern of the universe. So for example, let's look at history. Okay, history to moderns goes forward in time. Do you see? There's a, series, there's a sequence of events that happens and goes forward in time. History, in air quotes, to pre-moderns is just the repetition of particular natural laws that keep repeating itself over and over again such that your creation myth is constantly being repeated before your eyes anew every single time. And nobody goes, oh, wow, something new happens. They go like, of course it's happening. That's the law of the universe. It keeps repeating itself. Okay, so the symbol, likewise, this stands for that, is a modern thing. Do you see? And the symbol already creates distance between you and the thing. So when you have, for example, a symbol of the God, of the God or an allegory of the God or a metaphor of the God, then that thing that you're at is not the God. It's a something other than the God. It's something that stands for the God. Do you understand that? Okay. So when you, 
this, this opens the door for superficiality because you can start just, uh, you know, going through the motions as you relate to this little statue, for example. Ah, it's just a statue. Do you see? It's just a kamiza, whatever. There's nothing really there. Do you understand? It's just exercise. It's not really the actual pattern of the universe. It's not really the creation act of God that I'm doing when I'm doing Idiminage. Do you see? I'm not really the universe. I'm more like following the laws of the universe. Do you see? Okay, so likewise, it opens the door for this distance, and that allows for me to focus on the thing that is not the thing that I should be focusing on. And so I can end up following an etiquette without actually being proximal to my teacher. Okay, so how do you fix that? Start with what is most foundational. Okay. And letting me know that you're absent all the time <laughs> cannot be a sign of commitment. Do you, do you understand that? We're, let's first be present. Let's attend our classes. How can I do that? Well, the four disciplines will help you. Do you see? So before we are the good student by noting how much we're absent, why don't we stop being absent? This concludes this episode of Budo, the Way of the Warrior podcast. For more information, please visit sentiencenter.com. S-E-N-S-H-I-N-C-E-N-T-E-R dot com or find us at Facebook at Sension Center and on our YouTube channel at Sension One. Thank you for listening.